This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Matchday Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk. Blythe Group. Big enough to deliver, small enough to care. Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So hello there and welcome along to Old Gold Club, my golden game on this episode delighted to be joined by the one and only wolves number one forever as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i was about to correct you there i was thinking still well still i mean <laughs> i mean technically you are carlo gimi no one's yeah. no one's taken that number yet yeah i know mate. it's uh it's crazy still thinking to be obviously my birthday on uh, monday and then uh just even the the club's chat, uh, the Wolves sort of shout out on Twitter was uh, like number one. So um, it's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to still be known as that. And um, yeah, it, it is nice. And uh, it does bring back the sort of special memories and the, the sort of whole meaning of the club. But yeah. Because you're so like, the- you're a pretty humble guy. So like the idea that like they would retire that number, I imagine makes you feel a little bit awkward. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not. I'm not Michael Jordan. Do you know? Like, yeah, like so, someone does need to take the shirt eventually. But Rui's been playing well anyway, and, and I suppose knowing what a lot of keepers are like, he might not want to change his number because he's been doing that well. So, because you're all superstitious. And, yeah, very superstitious, as you know. It's slightly weird. <laughs> uh, More than so, slightly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he, he might not want to change that number. So it, it's very humbling. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I do love it, but I do I, I would like someone to take the take the shirt as well. Um, how have you been in lockdown? Like by the time this goes out, um, it probably won't be as close to your birthday as when we're recording this. But yeah. you've obviously had a birthday as I did at the start of lockdown. But your situation is obviously very different to the majority of people that probably listen to this. Yeah, it's um, it, it, do you know, Mike? It's uh, it's been alright. Like I've, I've kind of been in worse positions when I've had to stay at home. So enjoyed spending time with my family. Enjoyed reading. I think it's only the last couple of weeks where I've got a bit sort of touchy and wanting to do a little bit more. But because for the first two and a half months, I didn't even go outside to uh, walk. It was just literally in the house. But the weather's been good as well, so uh, can't complain in that way. The kids have been really good. And um, we did go into lockdown a week or so before lockdown actually happened. So it was, um, I think the last couple of weeks have been a bit more challenging, if you'd say. But at the same time, I'm very um, blessed in many other ways. So um, 
it just is what it is, mate. And we're just trying to do our best to kind of cope with it. Yeah. But it has been good because even um, one day I sat in the garden with my dad and my mum, and I've not really spent any time with them um, since the lockdown. So it's been nice to sort of actually sit down with my mum and dad for once because, like I said, I've not sat down with them for yeah. three months now. So. And you had a lovely phone call from me as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was the highlight of it all. <laughs> yeah, obviously that just t- that was just yeah, <laughs> icing on the cake. <laughs> um, right, this series is my golden game. It's for you to select your favourite ever match that you've been involved in. Um, you've gone for the seventh of January, twenty seventeen. Stoke away in the FA Cup. Why is that your golden game? I don't know anyone would disagree. It, was, it wasn't my only good game that I had in the shirt. But um, it was just one of them games where it, I just kind of caught fire and it just didn't stop. Uh, we was obviously in the championship at the time and Stoke were, um, were struggling it struggling a little bit in the Prem, but still had a lot of quality. And um, it was an FA Cup game and remember we had a, a decent cut run that year as well which I'd not, not really experienced at Wolves and it was just one of them games where I just sort of seemed to make save after save and um, and we got the result as well which was also important, important when you have a good game and it was just sort of one of them games that kind of stands out in the memory where yeah I did kind of catch fire that day and it kind of just continued because you look at the I mean look people people will know that uh, I think actually both sides I think made the same amount of changes for this game but you look at that Stoke lineup that day and kind of in attack they still had Afalai, Arnautovic, Shakiri, Crouch and Bojan so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there was a lot of quality on the pitch still and I think as the sort of second half started to really go for the game as well they had a lot of quality and on, on display that day so it was still a tough game and it was a good a really good result for us at the time do you remember what paul lambert would have said to you beforehand because i guess in these kind of matches they're the the cliche ones of you've got nothing to lose here yeah i don't, I don't think i've never really heard managers say that that many times to be honest you've got nothing to lose it's always kind of it almost gives you like a free shot then really and I, I always sort of remember managers kind of expecting a performance maybe knowing that they might not get a result against a better side but expecting a performance and um, I think that's what um, Paul's uh, talk was before the game he expected a performance and I think we're just starting to pick up in the league after a difficult season and um, I think he kind of wanted to keep the momentum resort to take us into our sort of league games because it was one of them you look at the Wolves lineup that day um Mike Williamson came back in for I think was I think it was his first game for an awful long time actually yeah. um Savile and Evans in the center of midfield and Mason Costa Bodvarsson and Enna Bakare in what feels like a very attacking kind of front four in that game um you know, Danny Bart was on the bench, Connor Cody, Dave Edwards were on the bench. Uh, the game's also noticeable for a first appearance of Morgan Gibbs-White, who was very young. I think he'd only just turned yeah. 17, hadn't he? So, yeah. I mean, 
you mentioned the season as it was going starting to pick up around this point if i remember right but you're right it wasn't a, it wasn't a great time that up to that point was it no it wasn't a great time um we'd we'd kind of been struggling in the league and um i think paul probably not long that 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 long would come in as well we were struggling and i think it's a bit mad me picking that game because it this game as well because it wasn't of any massive significant significance and there was a lot of changes sort of made in the side it was just sort of for me it's just one of them games where I sort of seemed to sort of be pulling saves off left right and centre as you can see from the team it was um, a mix up of, of players it, it was a difficult time we were just starting to turn a corner in the league where because of kind of what happened a few seasons ago where we got relegated from the champ there was sort of little fears that that could have happened again yeah. um, but we were just sort of starting to pick it up I, I'm not I'm pretty sure I'm not too sure if QPR away was around the same time as this game as well and we just pick, picked up a result there and um, it was a little yeah, bit was, earlier that um, a little bit earlier yeah and we just sort of seemed to kind of pick up some sort of momentum of that yeah we we shouldn't really be in trouble this year yeah, I mean, you mentioned that QPR away game. I think that was Lambert's first win. That was beginning of December. You'd had the 4-4 against Fulham that you were injured for. Um, a really important win away at Forest. A 3-2 over Bristol City on Boxing Day that, um, yeah, Ivan Cavallero scored a late penalty to win it. Um, you'd just gone to Sheffield Wednesday away, which was nil-nil, but was one of the most ridiculous nil-nils where I think yeah. Joe Mason missed one from couple of yards out and how you didn't win that game but yeah so uh, because i remember going to stoke for this one thinking actually like they've got a real chance here yeah we weren't we weren't sort of going in just to sort of play and and kind of make the numbers or any with any fear um of stoke um the changes have been made but i think when uh paul came at the time he'd kind of uh, got this, the squad going as well and I, I think he kind of wanted to give other people a chance um, sort of make an impression on who was going to continue to play moving forward so um, yeah it was we were fully confident going into the game um, I don't think anyone was sort of worried about playing Stoke and I know they might made a few changes as well but there were still there were still a lot of good players on display that day especially um, especially up front and obviously everyone kind of knows what Crouch Crouch can be very awkward to play against and especially Mike Williamson's sort of first game back as well and like Shakiri Arnautovic um, who did leave Stoke because they were probably because of kind of where Stoke ended up and they were top players as well so yeah. and there, there was a lot of quality on display uh, that, that day as well even though both teams uh, we probably would have preferred the FA Cup run than them but it, it wasn't our priority or definitely probably wasn't Stokes either You mentioned you had a feeling like you caught fire that day it's an interesting phrase because you don't hear that from a goalkeeper very often like do you, is it a feeling of just kind of no matter what comes at you you will not be beaten that day um, I don't think there's ever, ever that amount of defiance 
for me anyway because I'd always you'd always you always have to be such alert but it just kind of felt that you just felt felt very assured of what what I was doing and everything just felt um sharp and on point and um it was just you sort of can make a save but then you sort of start to make another then another then you sort of just start to think maybe this is my day um, but at the same time, you're still on high alert of um, being concentrated. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just one of them. You just have that feeling kind of running through your veins where you just sort of do feel supreme confidence without being uh, too cocky or arrogant. But you you feel great. You you feel sharp. You, you feel quick. There's no second thought about any decisions that you're making. And um, it was just one of them games where everything kind of seemed to go right. You say second thoughts about decisions. Does that happen? Because a bit like when people talk about a striker going clean through on goal and they talk about it being instinct, I've always imagined that for you guys it is a, a pure instinctive decision as to to how you move and where you dive and you, you have to maybe sometimes gamble and guess a little bit where that ball's going to go I think a lot of it is sort of especially the sort of shut stopping part is instinctive anything that's hit with power any reaction save is pure instinct but there's, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into goalkeeping like um, uh, decision making crosses handling of the ball that is a lot more thought about um it's, you haven't got time to think if a ball's kind of coming in uh if someone's like whipped a ball into the box you don't need to be second guessing whether to come or not there are games where you kind of you think you've made the right decision and then you kind of second guess and step back and that's okay but it, 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 it's you need, it needs to be done with confidence as soon as you start questioning whether I'm in the right position and whether I'm seeing the flight of the ball, it just can become a more of a difficult day and ultimately you can end up in making a mistake. It's nice to be sort of clear and decisive about everything that you're doing, whether it's your kicking, your uh, crossing, handling. Um, you say they're just instinctive. Um, that's just something that kind of happens. But uh, you, See, you, this you is what interests me, though, Keems. This is what interests me. Like, like say it's a Peter Crouch header... Uh, at what point are you like, I know which way this is going to go or I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go that way, I go right hand, left hand. Like, you, how 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 speedy are we talking about that decision? You, can't, you don't even think about it. That's You don't even, it just happens. Uh, the, the, the only time you sort of think about what sort of hand you're going for is when you've got a little bit of more time and I'm stalking like fractions of a second. Um, anything that's hit with speed and pace, you just really haven't got the time. Anything that's closer and in around you, like you haven't got the time to think about uh, what hand you're going with. Anything that still some there still be, still might be balls that you can't hold, and you might there might need to be a bit of footwork going in. That's when you start to think, where should I tip the ball? Should I, does it need to go around the post? Uh, do I try and catch it? Do I palm it away? Where am I going to palm it away? This is all decisions that are made like within an instant like minimal amount of time but there's a difference between just moving on instinct and having that fraction of a second where you can think about whether i am going to tip it or whether i'm going to hold it or 
I need to get this one away. What's around me? Can I do I, if I if I take this thing out the shot? Can I have a second bite of the step cherry? Yeah. These are all sort of equations that kind of are going through your head, and it happens very quickly. Um, but that's just something that a goalkeeper kind of has to try and work out. Because it's that thing, isn't it? Of like you know, we talked about you know, against a Premier League opposition against some really impressive and talented attacking players. And the longer it goes on in that game and you are repelling everything and getting fingertips to things, like the adrenaline must be so flowing and yet you still look really calm. I don't know how you do that in that scenario. Yeah, the, the adrenaline's flowing. I think when you're sort of uh, frustrating uh, the, the, the team and your attackers from scoring, it's, you get a buzz, and especially when you sort of hear the crowd sort of go to Raw to to celebrate and then you kind of hear that low like oh like you sort of get a buzz off that feeling but I think as a goalkeeper you always it, it's, it's never over until the whistle's blue and there's always time for something to happen and it's, you, you kind of get the emotions of feeling great in the game but you're never um you're never kind of satisfied or you never think it, the game's done because you just can never rest like from the moment the game kicks off to the end as a goalkeeper you cannot switch off you haven't got time to switch off you haven't got time to think that this you find now you haven't got time to think that this might not happen because no, it does happen every time you think that you're okay something happens and uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to switch on so you learn you learn as you go on through your career and you learn as you play more games that, that anything can happen. There's always time. Until that whistle's blue, the game is not over. Because you were captain as well this day, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, actually, yeah, I was saying that now. I actually went into the last and found the uh, captain's armband and that game on the shirt. Um, yeah, so I was, I was my captain player. I think I was the only captain. I think that might have been the only uh, game I was captain as well for Wolves. So yeah, that was another sort of special occasion to take the captain's armband as well, which is uh, it's, it's another great feeling. It's a lack of another responsibility. I think I was always one of the sort of vocal members in the change room anyway. But kind of when you're leading this the side out, it kind of gives a an extra importance to that. And um, yeah, it was just just a, a real good there. And the feeling when Matt Doherty's free kick goes in in the second half. I mean, Helder scored an absolute worldie in the first half, but the feeling when Doc whips that one in must have been something else from the opposite end because you can see all the fans behind the goal as well. well yeah, well, to start off, I was thinking, what is Doc doing? Because <laughs> uh, he's not known to whip balls in from, from outside the box. But um, I think that was my initial thought was, Doc, what are you doing? Like get back. I'm probably calling him to get back. Uh, and then, like when he whips in, it's just a relief uh, thing. Like you're sort of celebrating. You're delighted as a goalkeeper, but it's kind of a relief that you kind of got a bit of a lead. Um, and then that relief kind of don't last that long because then you're back on high alert again. Um, but yeah, it was a it, it, another sort of great goal. And like you said, you held his goal as well. We um we we did we did score some good goals out there. They were great goals. I'm just watching some of the highlights 
of it now and there's a moment where i mean there's a i think it might be joe allen who'd come on there's an autovich that's a brilliant right hand stop from you and then there's joe allen's one from distance where peter crouch comes and pats you on the back afterwards which is a brilliant moment yeah it was kind of you, you don't always get the respect off but it's nice kind of when you do it was just an appreciation for it, it was just your day and uh, I think it was kind of, a, like you said, a pat of appreciation that you, you, you made another good save and you're just on fire. Out of 207 appearances, it's fasc- it, uh, this series is fascinating to me, the games that, that people choose and for the certain reasons. And for you, I guess it's the combination of the clean sheet, being captain, the start of actually quite a dramatic cup run kind of all boils into one game that on the face of it to others an FA Cup third round time maybe not the most important yeah exactly yeah there's plenty of more important games that I've played for Wolves and um, a lot of good memories that kind of meant more to us on the pitch and more to what we were striving for to achieve at that time but I think it's a mixture of like you said being captain that day sort of having a great game and I suppose it's it was my last season for Wolves as well. That's why it probably sticks out a little bit more. After that, I'd, I'd got injured probably two months after, I believe, and kind of never really, never, never played again. I think it was Fulham. I think was my last game for Fulham away. I never played again, so I think that's why it probably sort of sticks firmly in my memory because it was part of my last season at Wolves as well. So there's a sort of there's, there's games that mean a lot more to me than this game. But this was just sort of one that kind of does, I do remember, and I think for the reasons of being captain that day, uh, sort of having a great game, the the result, um, the performance by the team, and it being kind of my last season for Wolves, I think all that combined just makes this game one of them games that does stick out in my memory. And of course, it wasn't slightly helped the amount of games you played afterwards, because it was only two matches after this that you got sent off for trying to throttle Wes Houlihan, so... Yeah, part, partly yeah, your own fault really <laughs> yeah well well I, I'm still not taking a blame for that mate <laughs> that was a lonely walk down to the toilet that was the first as well first time captain I think and then first time we got sent off uh, it was a surreal feeling uh, that was that might be for another day and uh, where I don't I don't uh, I don't have to watch my language on that one <laughs> listening to the old gold club powered by Blythe group if you liked what you heard please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts wolves tv the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single wolves game But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.